Bergeron of Blood and Faith.com. And I'm looking to get a connection here. Looks like I've got a connection. And uh, it's eight, uh, it's uh, 1028 here on the East Coast. And we are going to do a live show on the last few chapters in the book of Joshua. We're going to get started at 1030. It's a little bit early. And that's okay. I'm just going to uh, warm up here, make sure everything's working, and I think it is. Um, I've been busy writing the last uh, couple weeks, uh, working on a manuscript for a book, and I hope that goes well. Uh, I've had a couple of false starts, but you know what? That's the nature of writing. Writing's hard work. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. Uh, for me, it is. I enjoy writing. I enjoy especially the essay. I like to write thousand-word essays, and it just seems like that's where it winds up. Boom, a thousand words. Um, and, uh, but you know, if I can write 40,000 word essays, that's, that's a book. So I'm, I'm working on that right now. Uh, and uh, hopefully that'll come out, uh, oh, maybe shoot, maybe this spring. Uh, and it's going to be about one of our favorite topics, but, uh, we're not quite ready to talk about that yet. Uh, it's going to be a rather comprehensive book. It's going to bring it, bring a lot of things together, bring a lot of the things that I've talked about together. And uh, it is 1029, and we will get started right here at 1030. Oh, look at that. It just turned over. It's 1030 in the morning. So good morning, everybody. Fritzberg and bloodandfaith.com. And we're talking about Joshua. We're going to continue through the end of Joshua today, so it might go a little bit long. But it's important. The, the reason a country like America is messed up, as blessed as it was, as wonderful as it was, is because we've forgotten the God of our ancestors. And I mean that. I mean that seriously. And we're going to study that. We're going to see that as we go through the scriptures this morning. We have no idea who we were. We have no idea who we're supposed to be. We've had liars and thieves and con artists come in telling us who we are and who we're not and who we're supposed to be. And they're not us. They're not traditional Americans. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about the synagogue of Satan. That's their job. Their job is to do the work of Satan. It's to do the work of the devil. And they go in and they hide and they pretend they're somebody that they're not. They're li they claim to be Jews, but they're liars, according to Jesus Christ. But they're actually of the synagogue of Satan. And they have enormous power and wealth because they took up the offer that Jesus Christ turned down. Satan says to Jesus Christ, hey, bow down and worship me. I'll give you all the power and the wealth. You can rule over all the nations. You can have all their splendor and their glory. Jesus said no. And other people took it up. The synagogue of Satan took it up. This stuff is simple stuff, but the only way you know is if you get in the Bible. And what's happened in the United States and all of Christendom, all of old Europe, is we've abandoned the Holy Scriptures. Why? Largely because of the influence of the seed of the serpent and the failure <clears throat> on the part of Christian pastors to stand up and preach the whole truth. Now, does the devil have a lot of power? Yeah, he deceives, literally he goes out and he deceives the whole world. Satan goes out and he deceives the whole world. Including the church. Remember, he, he, he deceived Eve before original sin. He deceived Eve before there was sin. He deceived Eve. Now, if Eve had been hanging out with Adam, there would not have been a possibility. It would not have happened. And there's a there's a, you know a deeper story there too. I, I I I know I know I'm getting off topic already, and I just barely even started. Satan sought out a people when he went to Eve. Man, he had plans for him and Eve, baby. He had big plans for him and Eve. Satan and Eve, going to steal the wife, going to steal the wife from Adam, make their own race, make their own bloodline. They never, you know. Some people have different opinions on this, but but uh, you know, I'm going to go with uh, uh, the fact that they they never consummated that. And then later on, you see in Genesis chapter what was it six? He had other evil angels falling and making a new race of creatures. And later on, Jesus Christ looks at Satan and said, "I'm not going to bow down and worship you. You can take all your riches and your power and wealth. I don't want it." But another people came along. The synagogue of Satan came along and said, yeah, that's what we want. That's what we want. We'll, we'll bow down and worship you. You give us all the power and wealth and riches in the world. Church has lost all this. Church, it's gone to the church because 
of many reasons. One is the deceiver. Two is the work of Satan's church. Satan's church is very busy, and they have a lot of wealth of power. According to the Holy Scriptures, they do. Go read about the whore. Go read about the false wife, the whore of Babylon. She rides the beast. Who's the beast? The beast that has all those blasphemous, arrogant words coming out of it. We got to get into that. I got to write a book on that. Anyway, we're going to go to Joshua. We got to clean up on Joshua. If we want to rebuild nations, we want to rebuild Christian nations, it has to be from the bottom up. We've got to look at everything. It's not, oh, let's go paint a cross outside of the government building. No, that's not it. It's everything. There's no area that the Holy Scriptures do not touch on. They touch on biology. They touch on genetics. They touch on geography. They touch on um, languages. Certainly criminal law. And here in the first part of Joshua, we find, or it's the 20th chapter of Joshua, we find that Joshua de designated cities of, of refuge so that the manslayer could flee to them. What's a manslayer? Well, you've heard of manslaughter, haven't you? Where did the term manslaughter come from? It comes out of the Holy Bible. It comes from, out of the book of Joshua. It comes out of, the, out of the book of, let's see, Deuteronomy. Moses says, look, set aside some cities so that the manslayer may flee to them. The term manslaughter comes right out of the Holy Scriptures. Oh, I didn't know that. I know. I know you didn't know that. Why didn't you know that? Because your pastor never preached about it. It's right there in the Bible. How come you didn't know about it? You've got the Bible. We've got more Bibles in America that, that nobody reads, including in the Christian church. A Christian society is inundated in the Holy Scriptures. A Christian society is populated by people that loves the Word of God, and they spend their lives in the Word of God. Oh, that sounds like a theocracy. You know what? What do you think you have in America today? You're ruled by the synagogue of Satan, and you're teaching your kids LGBTQ. It's, it's basically government-sponsored child rape. The rape of the mind, the soul, and the body in, in schools as we're teaching this LGBTQ stuff. It's, it's fundamentally evil. You can't get more evil than that, except the worship of Moloch, the public worship of Moloch. What's the public worship of Moloch? It's the human sacrifice of little babies to Satan. Well, you don't have that in America. Yeah, you do. Is every abortion cl a clinic out there? That's what abortion is. Well, that's just a new thing. It was just invented. No, no. That was invented thousands and thousands of years ago. You bring the innocent little babies and you burn them with fire to Moloch, to Satan. It, it, nothing's changed. Nothing's new under the sun. It's the same old stuff. And Satan's gone out there and deceived people saying, oh, we live in a neutral neutral zone, but you know we're Christians, and so we're going to go be Christians in this neutral world. No, there is no such thing. There's no third path. There's no third way. If you can get anything through your head, realize that there's no third way. There's no third way. It's either Satan or Jesus Christ. You either serve God or you serve the devil. Well, can't we just all get along? No. No. Well, I think we should get along. No. Stop. No. Genesis 3.15. God Almighty said, I'm going to put enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. The sooner the church realizes, the sooner the church can grow a pair and move on with life. You cannot get along with the, with the seed of the serpent. You cannot get along with the brood of vipers. You cannot get along with those who are whose father is the devil. Well, who are those people? Oh, come on. Read the Gospels. Let's read the Gospels. It's right through there. It's as plain as it can be. Now, I know. I realize it. It took me a long time to figure it out, so I won't be too snippy about it. But if you go through and read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see a deep-seated enmity between Jesus Christ and the Pharisees and the chief priests and the Jews, which are all the same people. Deep-seated enmity. Uh, it, it was horrible. It's those that call themselves Jews. I need to clarify that. They call themselves Jews, but were of the synagogue of Satan. And Jesus Christ told them to their face. He said, you are of your father, the devil. Now, you're not even real Jews. You're of your father, the devil. You're liars. Well, that doesn't sound very tolerant. It's not. You're right. It's not. All right. City of Refuge. So what's a manslayer? It's a, it's a man who kills somebody unintentionally. It's like you're, I don't know, maybe you're building a house and you're, you're putting some brick up on the second story and, and, and you've got big signs posted down below. It said, don't walk underneath us. 
we're, we got heavy stuff. And some knucklehead walks underneath there, uh, you know, trips, hits a board, causes you to stumble upstairs. You drop a concrete block, boom, the dude's dead. You're a manslayer. Is it your fault? I, I'd say no. But maybe that guy's brother says, I'm going to get you. You killed my brother. You killed my brother on purpose. And so that is the man who is going to take vengeance by blood upon you because you killed his brother. You were a manslayer. Now, these things happen in life. And the Bible talks about these things. And, and Moses said, and Joshua said, set up cities so that the manslayer can go there. They can go stay in that city until the chief priest dies or until he can stand before the congregation and be judged. And, and people can say, no, he actually hated this guy. And, you know, that was all just a, a, a cover-up, a, a lie, because he really wanted to kill this guy. He was actually sleeping with his old lady, and so he dropped a brick on his head and killed him, and, and, and now, you know, those two are together. Or they could say, no, this really was completely innocent. Uh, the guy didn't, he didn't even know this guy. And he's building, he, he, did, he did his due diligence, he set up warning signs, he had it gated off, nobody was supposed to walk underneath there, and some guy decided to trespass and go in there, bounce a bunch of stuff around, uh, destabilize the scaffolding, and, 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 and the brick dropped on his head and killed him. You didn't know that talked about criminal law, did it? Did you? It does. It's full of it. It's full of The Bible's full of this stuff. You do realize that the Ten Commandments came out of the Bible, right? They're not just some fairy tale that somebody came up with. You do realize that in the Supreme Court, you've got these walls of marble carved, and there's the numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, referring to the Ten Commandments of God. There's not seven commandments. There's some, you know, Talmudic theory out there that you've got the Noahic law of the seven general laws. All these are lies out of synagogue Satan. There's the Ten Commandments of God given by Jesus Christ to Noah. I mean, excuse me, Jesus Christ to Moses. Well, Jesus wasn't born in. Jesus Christ was around since the beginning. Been around. He's the creator. The Bible says in Joshua, Then the manslayer shall return to his own city and his own house and to the city from which he fled. These were the appointed cities for all the sons of Israel and for all the stranger who sojourns amongst them, so that whoever kills anyone unintentionally may flee there and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stands before the congregation. How are murders generally dealt with? Well, you had an avenger of blood. They track your, your bad boy down. You, you, you're going to murder my brother? I'm going to come and find you. I'm going I'm to take that vengeance, that blood vengeance on you. You didn't need, you know, 50 different courts and 500 prisons. And I'll just say, with the exception of a few oddities, island nations, there's, there's more prisoners per capita in the United States of America than anywhere else on the planet. That is not biblical. That is not godly. Now, I don't even mean, um, you know, we have too many in jail. I just mean long-term incarceration is not a punishment provided for in the Holy Scriptures. Short-term incarceration, yes, until they can stand trial. And they're either executed, they pay a fine, or they're enslaved. Enslaved. What do you mean enslaved? Slavery is bad. Locking a man in a dungeon for 25 years is bad. That is utterly dehumanizing. You make him a slave until he pays his debt, to his debt off, then that's something different. Put him on a farm. Put him on a farm. Make him pick beans for 15 years until he pays off everything that he stole and burned down. Maybe he learns a lesson. Maybe he learns a new trade. Maybe he can go out and actually get work and be productive and not have to steal. I can't believe he'd recommend slavery. Oh man, we got a whole we got a lot to talk about on slavery. We got we got worse slavery now than 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 ever. When you pay people 10, 12 bucks an hour, and you say, Oh, that's a that's a good wage, and it's not a good wage. And oh, by the way, the employers will only employ you for less than 25 hours a week because over 24 hours. 25 hours, they have to pay you uh, retirement and, and health care. And so you got a guy or, or a woman that's got two part-time jobs, neither of, of which uh, goes high enough in order to uh, get you the benefits of health care or, or retirement. You have financialized slavery today, let alone the debt. Then you're in, in debt slavery for credit cards, house, automobile. 
You're in slavery for all, and it's oh, well, that's freedom. No, man, that's slavery. It's debt slavery. Holy Scriptures have no place for unlimited debt slavery. It's against the Holy Scriptures. Well, I didn't know that. I know, I know, but it's in there. In a Christian society, you have a population that is biblically literate, and they know these things. They're not going to vote away unlimited. There, it used to be there used to be usury laws in the United States not that long ago. In my lifetime, in the seventies, I think it changed. So you can't have interest rates higher than X Y Z. You can't you can't just zero down and and pay forever, which is what we have. And the only reason it works is it, it's a giant Ponzi scheme. Well, let's you know, people can go into debt and then the prices will go up. Until the prices don't go up, and then get and then guess what? It's like well, we own your house. Bank owns your house now. But if they keep going up, well, and they keep going up, and they keep going up, and they keep going up, and they go up a lot faster than your wages. So what my father could buy with one year's salary, it now takes four or five years' salary. Equivalent house, equivalent professional grade. My father was a mid-level manager at, at, at a large company. And he could buy a house for one year's annual salary. He could buy a nice new, back then there were station wagons, they weren't SUVs, but a brand new station wagon for 10% of his annual salary. Fast forward to me and my generation. I can have to be at the same rank, mid-level manager, and it's going to take me four, five, six years of annual salary to buy and the equivalent house. Uh, now, I'm not talking the McMansion. I'm just talking the, the equivalent house that's... Nothing fancy, but it's big enough to raise your family in. And for that SUV, it might be 50% of a year's salary, not 10%. Things have changed, not for the better. Oh, and by the way, back then, maybe your, your wife could stay home. Now, oh, no, everybody's got to work. We're messed up, and we think it's normal, and it's not. We have to build Christian nations. We have to free ourselves. We've enslaved ourselves. Who am I talking to? I'm, I'm talking to the Christians and especially my European brothers and sisters, whose heritage, whose legacy is Jesus Christ, is the sons and daughters of Christendom. Not going to apologize for that. You say, well, I'm, you know, I'm from Africa, or I'm from India, or I'm from whatever. Well, praise the Lord. God bless you. May you and yours be blessed, and may you have a covenant with God Almighty, and may you build Christian nations with your blood and your race. But all that stuff doesn't go away. Oh, the Galatians 3.28 says there's neither Jew nor Greek. Slave and are free. Yes, and keep going. What's the next part? Uh, no male or female. Are, are you arguing with me that there's no male or female? Again, this is what Satan does. He comes down and he twists scriptures to make it say something that, that it never says. So what do you want? He went right to Jesus Christ. Jesus, the scripture says that. Jesus said, you, you, you damn devil. You lying, damn, twisting devil. Straighten him out. So you can come up with all that stuff. And, and, and then you got to look and stand. And this is why you have to have biblical liberty. You have to look at from Genesis through the Revelation to get the whole picture and, and place your scriptures in the context of everything else that's gone along. I, I can scratch out a scripture that says, uh, don't offend anybody. And as we've talked many times before here at bloodandfaith.com, which mighty man of God in the Bible didn't offend people? But... You come up with these ideas in order to justify your cowardice. Justify your cowardice, church, Christian, pastor. Well, I, don't, I just don't want to offend anybody. I'm going to love them into the kingdom of God. Yeah, and they're going to hell. And the whole country is going to hell. All of Christians has, has gone to hell because we've abandoned the law. We've abandoned the word of God. We've abandoned the books of Moses. We've abandoned the Psalms, the Proverbs. We've abandoned... The Great Commission. We've abandoned the Sermon on the Mount. What do you mean? It says the merciful shall receive the... I'm saying when Jesus Christ says in Matthew chapter 5, don't think I came to do away with the law. I did not come to do away with the law. I didn't. Anybody who teaches that will be least in the kingdom of heaven. When's the last time you heard that from a pulpit? It, part of it's ignorance. Pastors don't know. Honest to God have no idea what to do with, with the Ten Commandments. They just they don't know. Hang out at bloodandfaith.com, find out. All right, now, chapter 21. The Levites were a special class of people. Who are the Levites? They're the sons of Levi. What was so special about Levi? Well, remember when Moses comes down from the mountain? We're in Joshua 21, by the way. 
Moses comes down for the mount, and they're they're having a God. They're having a big party, big old orgy party, drinking, carrying on. <laughs> they were they were getting their game on, and uh, Moses throws down the Ten Commandments that are written in stone. Of course, it breaks all the Ten Commandments, and and he says, "Hey, who's on my side?" And the sons of Levi went to Moses and said, "We're gonna we're gonna serve the God of Moses. We're gonna serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." And Moses says, strap on thy sword. So you hear strap on? Well, there you go. Strap on, baby. Whether it's your favorite handgun or in these days, it was strap on thy sword to thy thigh and go back and forth through the camp and kill everyone, his brother and his neighbor and his son and his friend, those that will not serve the Lord God Almighty. And the Levites did. They strapped on, baby. They strapped on. They got that sword out. They, these weren't uh, paring knives. These weren't little steak knives. They were sword desired to skewer a man and, and cut him through and kill him. That's what they're for. This, these weren't skinning knives. These were weapons, same weapons that Jesus Christ told the disciples to get in Luke. If you don't got a sword, sell a cloak and buy a sword. Strap on, buddy. Strap on. Oh, Jesus would never do that. You want to know what Jesus Christ is like? Go read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Go read Leviticus. See all the blood that was shed. Go read Joshua. Go read the book of Joshua. And, and who, I mean, who do you think commanded Joshua to go into the land of Canaan and, and slay everybody? It was Jesus Christ that told him to do that. Well, I don't believe that. Well, th this is what the church is trying to do. It's trying to create a new religion. And it's essentially done that. It's gone the way of the Jews. We have, they have their oral traditions. Well, you know, but Jesus wouldn't do that. But Jesus did do that. And it's right in the Holy Scriptures. And, but the church says, well, we don't like that Jesus. We're going to create a new Jesus. That's what's happened to the church. It's the Judeo-Christian church. All right. So the Levites are special people. They're going to be the direct servants of the Almighty God. And they're going to, in many ways, act, act as... as uh, Bureaucrats, petty judges, teachers, petty, I mean small, and uh, the very important functions in society. They kept records, adjudicated cases, uh, real estate transactions, whatever, whatever it was. And they weren't given territories. They were given cities. And then they were given the, the land around the cities for their cattle. So Levites were given no land. The 12 tribes had, each had parcels of land. All right, they were all totally self-sufficient. These different tribes. The Levites were given cities to live in, with their pasture lands for their cattle, and they had cities in each of the twelve tribes. In each of the tribal territories, Levites had their own city. They were the only tribe dispersed amongst all twelve tribes. They had cities within them, and they and they they did their functions, and they they had a specific function. So the Levites did that, and that's where the Levites came from. The law, the law of God. We talked about the manslayer. The Ten Commandments are the law of God. They don't go away. We mentioned that in Matthew chapter 5. They never go away. They, they will never, ever, ever go away. We have case law. If a thief steals something, you got to pay it back four to five times. Why do you think... What was his name? Zacchaeus? Tax collector? He comes up to Jesus, and he's so thrilled to see Jesus. He's th so thrilled to get a chance to repent. He says, look, if I've stolen anything, I'll pay it back five times over. Four times over. I can't remember which. Where did that number come from? Did he just have a, you know, have a happy moment and say, oh, I'll just give him you know, five times as much? No, it came out of the law. It came right out of the law. Thief pays back five times as much. Or maybe it's four, but you, you, got, you got my point. It's, it's in there in the Scriptures. Five times as much I'll pay if I've stolen anything. Came out of the law. That wasn't just some random thing. You steal, you pay back five times as much. You can't pay it back. Well, you're going to go be a slave for a year or two until you can pay that stuff off. We're not going to throw you in the clink so you can get uh, molested by all the other prisoners in there. That's not a biblical order. And by the way, if you won't submit, it's capital punishment. If you won't do your punishment, and then <laughs> you got you to deal with something even more harsh. 
a woman's raped, she's required to scream. A woman's got a fear scream. Ever heard a woman scream? Oh, my God. It's hideous. It's horrible. Like, turn that off. A woman's raped, she's required to scream. Required to. Required, if she's in the city. She's out in the country. In other words, if there's, there's no possible way, you're out 50 miles in the wilderness, yeah, no, you, whatever. That's different. That ain't, that ain't where it happens most of the time. Most of the time it's, well, I wouldn't know, but, you know, presumably there's other people within earshot of a woman's scream, and so they're required to scream. And what's the penalty for rape? It's, it's, it's capital crime, man. Now, if a woman, if a man seduces a virgin, if she seduces a, a woman that's never been with anybody else, well, then he's supposed to marry her. And if the father says, you're not marrying my daughter, you're a scoundrel, he's got to pay the dowry for the daughter. Dad's still there to protect the, 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 the daughter. Well, I think a woman should be able to do just what she wants. Yeah, and you got all these single mothers out there and fathers, and, and their lives are dead-ended. And you think it's cute, you think it's freedom, and it's slavery. And we've built this because we listen to the seed of the serpent. We listen to our liberation. Oh, you can be free. You can do anything you want to do. Women's lib. And you're enslaving these women. You're enslaving them. Oh, you can work. Yeah, so the husband works, the wife works, everybody works, and everybody's a slave to the banker's financial slavery. Financial slavery. Oh, you're picking on those people again. I'll pick on whoever Jesus Christ picked on. I'll pick on whoever the Bible picks on. If Jesus Christ picked on them, I'm going to pick on them too. I'm not going to apologize. There's one scripture in the Bible that I haven't noticed any punishment for, and it's the, it's the Tenth Commandment. It's covetousness. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, his house, his meal, his F-150. You're not supposed to desire in your heart to have what doesn't belong to you. Now you say, well, how, how does anybody know? Well, nobody, nobody does. Nobody does know. But here's, here's the point of that Tenth Commandment. You don't make government policy that violates the Tenth Commandment. You don't make a government policy based on the fact that you want something that belongs to somebody else. Now that goes a long ways toward towards this whole, you know, social justice thing, doesn't it? Well, you got more than me. I want some of it. All right, Joshua chapter 22. Here's Joshua. He says, only be careful to observe. So these are the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh. And they said, look, we finished, you know, we finished our job here on the west side of the Jordan. We want to go back to our lands that you've given us on the east side of the Jordan. Now, originally that was not going to be part of the promised land, but they asked for it. Joshua said, fine. Moses says, fine. That's fine. That's not a problem. That's not an issue. It doesn't have to be right there. It's God's land for God's people. Okay, and I'm talking to you Christians in North America, the sidelanders in Southern Africa, the Aussies, the Kiwis, Canadians, Christians everywhere, Dominicans, Salvadorans. Wouldn't you like to have a country called Jesus Christ? El Salvador is a country called the Savior, El Salvador. It's directly about Jesus Christ. Wonderful thing. So Moses said, yeah, or Joshua said, yeah, go, go ahead. Only be careful to observe the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, to love the Lord your God and walk in all his ways and keep his commandments and hold fast to him in all, with all your heart and with all your soul. All right? So he said, yeah, go, go do your thing, but don't, don't even think about going your own way. This is, this is the law. This is the commandment. You're going to serve the Almighty God. The first commandment points to Jesus Christ. We live in a society that thinks, oh, God, God, God. God is who you talk to when you smoke your marijuana. God is who you talk to when you walk in the woods. God is who you talk to when you bow down to Allah. Or you go to the, the, the synagogue or you, uh, you know, worship Buddha. No, no, no. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. It's Jesus Christ. Don't ever, ever go down the road where you think there's another God besides Jesus Christ. That's it. 
It's the Lord. Anytime you see the Lord in the, in, in the Hebrew Scriptures in the Old Testament, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've explained that, uh, laid that out very carefully uh, on many occasions, but, but just to do it again, Jesus was very clear. He said, look, no man has seen the Father. Nobody has seen the Father except me, the Son. I'm the only one that's ever seen the Father. So the question is, well, who the heck was Moses talking to then? Who was Joshua talking to? Who does Adam and Eve talk to? This is good and it's deep and it makes me cry. Disciples said the same thing, man. Disciples said the same thing. Just uh, John chapter, I don't know, 14, 15. Lord, show us the Father, it's enough. And Jesus is probably weeping there too. And he says, guys, I've been with you this long and you still don't understand? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus Christ said, he said to the Jews, he told them to their face. He says, they said, oh, you, you act like you know something about Abraham, our father Abraham. And Jesus looks at him and says, before Abraham was even born, I am. By the way, just so you know, Abraham was long, long, long before Moses. Many, many centuries before Moses. So the Lord is Jesus Christ. Always has been. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob served and saw and knew Jesus Christ pre-incarnation. David did too. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit on my right hand till I make thy enemies a footstool for your seat. Jesus Christ brought that up. They told him, this is one of the few things where he initiates a conversation with the Talmud people. He said, how is it that David could say, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit on my right hand until I make, how is he his Lord? How is he his Lord if he's his son? And he's telling people, look, yeah, it's true in a sense that, that David is the uh, ancestor of the Messiah, of the Christ. Yet at the same time, David said very clearly, he's the Lord God Almighty and he's way above me. Not me. He's not my descendant. He is the Lord God Almighty. The Lord said unto my Lord, if that's the way it is, how is he his son? Christians try to dumb down Jesus Christ and make him acceptable to the synagogue of Satan. And it's worked. Most of the synagogue of Satan is very happy with the modern evangelical church because they grovel before the synagogue of Satan. And they do whatever the Antichrist wants. What's the Antichrist? It's those people that deny the Father and the Son. Oh, I can't believe that. Well, it's in the Bible. So I go over the Scriptures. That's why I talk about theology. All right. Return to your tents with great riches and with very much livestock and with silver and gold and bronze and iron and with very many clothes. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brothers. Now, all these things are given to a corporate body. They're not given to individuals. Everything you see in the Holy Scriptures, all this stuff is about building tribe and kith and kin and family and bloodlines and nations. And the church has said, well, no, this is a personal religion. Okay, fine, it is a personal religion. You, you individually get born again. That is true. But you can't throw out everything that came before. Jesus made it clear, don't think I came to do away with the law or the covenant of God or the Ten Commandments, which was given to an entire bloodline, a nation. <coughs> well, that's offensive to the you know people because they don't want to live in a Christian. They don't want to live in a theocracy. So the church bows down, will worship the synagogue of Satan, and do whatever they say. Send their kids to government schools where they teach Blasphemy and arrogant words. You got to go back. We're going to one of these days. We're going to end up in the Revelation. We go see these beasts, the beast, the kingdom, the empire, the worldview, full of blasphemy and arrogant words. What's blasphemy and arrogant words? Well, that's why you're where you deny that Jesus Christ is actually the Son of God. No, 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 no. Blasphemy and arrogant words. We're talking the, the grand theory of evolution is arrogant words and blasphemy. Pretty much everything we teach today. Arrogant words that that somehow the earth is trillions of years old and and, and you know it it emerged somehow 
billions of years after the sun and the stars emerged. Scriptures teach something completely different. The earth was created day one. Day one. Sun, moon, stars aren't created until day three. There was day and night, evening and morning, light and darkness on day one. Days before the sun was created. Well, that can't be. Yes, it can be. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And the arrogant words are the and the blasphemies. The arrogant words is God can't do that. The blasphemy is God didn't do that. So we live in a society ruled by a beast speaking arrogant words and blasphemies. We're looking. We're, the church is wondering around. When's it? When, you know, when's this all coming? When's this all going to happen? It's going to happen any day now. And we're living in it. We're living in it now. We're living through it today. The beast and the whore and the false prophets. We're we're living there now. It's not coming. We're living through it, and we don't even recognize it. We don't even see it. What blasphemy? What arrogance? LGBTQ in grade school. How about that? How about that? How about the worship of Moloch? How about that? How about the arrogant words and the blasphemy? Oh, your religion is just, it's your religion. You can have your religion as long as you do what we say. And that goes right back to Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. Do whatever religion you want to do, but at the end of the day, you will bow down. And you will submit to the rules and regulations of the regime, of the beast, of the beast. Forces them to worship the beast. Three men, four men said, no, we're not doing it. At the cost of their lives, literally at the cost of their lives. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown alive into the furnace of fire. Jesus Christ shows up with them. Well, who's the fourth man? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ shows up there with them. Pre-incarnation. Dan gets thrown into the lion's den. Angel's down there with him, shuts the mouths of the lion's they're willing to not their, love their lives even unto death. That's what it means to serve Jesus Christ. Nothing short of that. Nothing short of that. And as much as I believe in morality, and morality is a, 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 I need more of it. We all need more of it. But you go look at the men in the Bible, and they, these are not... Go look at David, man. Look at, jo look at Moses. Look at Joshua. These were look at Peter. These were men. Who were they loyal to? Were they loyal unto death? Were they loyal unto death to Jesus Christ? All of life is a loyalty test. Are you loyal to Jesus Christ? I don't have a sermon on fifteen ways not to sin. <laughs> I just don't. The only thing I've ever said is, man, you keep doing the things you're supposed to be doing. You keep reading your Bible. You keep saying what needs to be said. Keep taking care of your family. You keep working hard. You do the things that you know you need to do, and you don't give up on them because you just got to have that cigarette. That's the only thing I can say. I, I, don't got, I don't have any more wisdom beyond that. Fill up your life with the good things. Hopefully it'll drive that bad stuff out. And I also realize that some people... Go through life utterly broken. All right, this is this is the horror of allowing what's going on in our public schools today. If you take a child and you destroy them from the inside out, I'll give you an example. I lived in Mexico for a while. Wrong side of the border, Tex-Mex border. We lived on the Mexican side. Story. And we had a maid, and the maid comes in one day, and she's just crying and just just freaked out. My wife says you know, this is all in Spanish, of course, what, what's going, what happened? And she said yesterday when the Mexican school bus came home, uh, by the way, I sent my kids to school in, on the Texas side of the border. Long story. But anyway, the Mexican school bus homes comes home with the Mexican kids and the cartel meets them there. That's a true story. And he, he, they take all the gals and they, they put all the gals together and they line up the boys from the tallest to the shortest. They take the 10 tallest kids and they give them AKs, ARs, give them weapons and so you're going to go into these two or three houses and you're slaughter everything that breathes. Cats, pigs, chickens, babies, girls, boys, women's, men, children. You're going to, everything that breathes, you're going to kill and you're going to slaughter. And if you don't, we're going to rape and murder your sisters. So you know what happened? That's what happened. 
Okay, those boys went in there and they slaughtered everything that breathed. They came back, gave the guns back to the cartels, and then they took their sisters home. What do you think that does to a, a, a boy that's 12, 13, 14 years old? What do you think that does to him? Where do you think the cartels get their new recruits? And, and if you know anything about the, the, the cartels, the Mexican cartels or the Salvadoran cartels, you don't know what brutal is. And, and, and we don't cover it in the United States. The news doesn't cover it. But, I mean, death is and brutality and murder and torture, torture. It changes people. And again, this is the same thing with, with, I just, I can't even speak about some of the stuff that uh, the LGBTQ folks do to children. You see it in the news. You don't, you don't come back from that, man. You don't come back from that. You don't come back from that. It changes you forever. Does that mean God can't save him? God can't redeem him? No, man. God can save and redeem and... I'm just saying you're never going to be the same person again, ever. Well, couldn't God do a miracle? Sure, but you know what? I know a lot of people that have been through a lot of bad things in life, and, and you know they can still wait for a miracle. And you just sometimes you just try to make it through life. Uh, you, you and I, we've seen broken people where, where bad things happen, and they're broken people trying to make it through life as best they can. And this is what Satan does to, 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 to people. Destroys them. And so you do what you can do. I mean, I rem, I'm reminded of Sodom and Gomorrah, but that's a little off the beaten path. We'll have to do that another day. So the, the tribes, the Reuben, Gad, half-tribe of Manasseh, they go back to the land of Goshen. They go, go back to the land of Gilead. They go back over across the way. And they're over there, and they say, well, you know what? We're going to build an altar. So they build an altar. They build an altar on to the west of the Jordan on the land in the land of Canaan. And uh, the, the, the west of the Lord said, what is this? Are you going to start worshiping God your own way? You can't do that. So they go and they challenge the Reubenite. says, what are you doing setting up an altar? You can't have an altar here. The altar can only be where God says it's going to be. And there's many lessons here. Many lessons. One, you don't get to decide how you're going to worship God. Jesus Christ will tell you how you're going to worship God. And the bottom line, if you don't go through Jesus Christ, you're not going to God. You're not going to God. Does that mean all the Hindus and all the uh, Talmud people and all the Muslims don't serve God. Yes, that's exactly what it means. That's exactly what it means. Thank you for clarifying that. Thank you for asking that question. That was a very good question. That's exactly right. Well, I just, that's so divisive and intolerant. Fine, whatever. I'm Man, I'm proud to be loyal to my king. Proud to be loyal to him. And by the way, Jesus Christ created everything. Jesus Christ says, "Hey, you want to you want to worship the Creator? You got to go to the Creator." Well, that's that's what it means. You want to worship the Creator? You got to go to the Creator. The Creator's Jesus Christ. All right. So the Rubenites explain to the, the their their brethren. Oh man, there's so much in here. I, it's hard. I don't even know how long I've been going. I've been going probably too long already. You got one bloodline out of out of Isaac, out of Jacob, out of uh, who was renamed Israel, and yet you had twelve tribes. So even within the bloodline, there's many bloodlines, and you organize your society based on bloodlines with separate geographic areas. I didn't write this book, man. I didn't write this book. You base your nations and your tribes on bloodlines with separate geographic areas. I didn't write this book. This is the Word of God. This is the Holy Scriptures. This is taught throughout the Bible. Go read the story of the Tower of Babel. Go see it repeated with the day of Pentecost when there's still a multitude of tongues. God didn't do away with all the tongues or all the nations. Acts chapter 17, 26, he said, From when I made many nations, many nations, on purpose, to see which nation, see which bloodline would serve Jesus Christ. He wants the different bloodlines in their different nations. Satan inverts it all. Oh no, we can't do that. We've got to return to Babel. Anyway, ancient Israel illustrates this. It's not, just, it's not just the nation of Israel. It's each tribe with their own territory and their own land. 
Well, that sounds racist to me. Racist is a garbage word. You need to write it on a piece of toilet paper and use it appropriately. They're garbage words. A Jewish man named Trotsky invented the word racist, and the world's gone to hell ever since then. And it's, it's only used against white people. You've noticed that, right? It's not used against the blacks. It's not used against the Talmud people. It's not used against Asians. Certainly isn't used against the people in Israel. <laughs> Only a white can be racist, according to the uh, the keepers of that um, Talmudic tradition. You got five five blacks murdered murdered a black in, in some southern city. Oh, it's institutional white racism. <laughs> it's a, it's a cudgel used to make white people submit with endless guilt that will never be alleviated because you're going to the right you're not going to get you're not going to get absolution from the synagogue of satan you're not you children of christendom you're not do be like martin luther and say the just shall live by faith get up off your knees the just shall live by faith stop groveling before the synagogue of satan you've abandoned jesus christ and this is what you get you abandon Jesus Christ because you want freedom, and you're slaves and slaves and slaves, and they beat you with cudgels of guilt and shame and drive you towards your own destruction. Oh, but we're free. No, you're not. You're slaves. You want to be free? You've got to return to your king. You've got to return to your monarch, European man. Return to your monarch, European man. Don't listen to the Judeo-Christians. They're liars. They've gone the way of the Talmud. They've gone the way of the traditions of men. Do not listen to the Judeo-Christians. They're just as bad as the... Talmud people. They become Talmud people. Well, that sounds pretty harsh. I, well, I give you the scriptures. You tell me. All right. So anyway, they set up this, this altar. They said, what are you doing? And they said, look, we're not here to sacrifice to a different God on this altar. It's here to remind me and to remind you that we all serve Jesus Christ. That's why we put it up. So that someday down the line, you guys wouldn't think that we worship a different God. No, we worship Jesus Christ just like you do. And that satisfies. Okay, that's good. Then Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the and the leaders returned from the sons of Reuben and from the sons of Gad and from the land of Gilead to the land of Canaan to the sons of Israel and brought back words to them. The words pleased the sons of Israel and the sons of Israel blessed God and they did not speak up they did not speak of going against them in war to destroy the land in which the sons of Reuben and the sons of God were living. The sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad called the altar witness. Or they said, is a witness between us that the Lord is God. Oh man, I want to keep going. But I got I realize it's it's tough to keep listening. But maybe I'll just I'll I'll go in a little bit. So Joshua chapter 23, farewell address. Now it came about that after many days when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all the enemies on every side. And Joshua was old, advanced in years. And Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders and their heads and their judges and their officers. And he said to them, all right? So he says, the time is up. I'm done. People need to know when their time is up. You need to recognize in your own life when your time is up. I know many men that have died including my father and my father-in-law, and they knew their time was up. They knew it. They knew their time was up. For many months before they died, they knew their time was up, and they did things to prepare for their death. Moses knew when his time was up. Joshua knew when his time was up. It, it's just, it's time. It's time. And, and, and you know, you get that sense. I'm, I'm not, my time's not up yet. I still got people to talk to. still got things to do. But you're going to know. Paul knew. Paul says, God, I want to go. <laughs> I'm tired of this life. But he says, right now it's better for me if I stay. Jesus Christ knew when his time was up. He knew when his time was up. It was clear to him. So Joshua was saying, hey, my time's up. He said, I'm an old, advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all the nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has been fighting for you. So take diligent heed to yourselves, to love the Lord your God. For if you ever go back and cling to the rest of those nations, hello, pay attention. Watch this, we need cultural uh, uh, diversity. This idea of cultural diversity doesn't come out of the Holy Scriptures. It's contrary to the Holy Scriptures. It's, it's contrary to what God did at Babel. So take diligent heed to yourselves. For if you ever go back and cling to the rest of these nations, 
those which remain among you and intermarry with them so that you are so that you associate with them and they with you know with certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations from before you but they will be a snare and a trap to you and a whip on your side and thorns in your eyes until you perish from the good land which the Lord your God has given you. All right, this is a covenant to the nations, not just to individuals, to entire nations. Keep yourself separate. Keep yourself racially separate. Oh, I can't. That's xenophobic. That's racist. No, it's called the Holy Scriptures. And I realize it's against everything you've been taught your whole life. I got that. I got that. You got to renew your mind according to the scriptures. And if and if and Jesus Christ was very clear, he says, "Blessed are those who are not offended by me." This is Jesus Christ saying this. It's his word. Jesus Christ is called the Word of God. It's one of his names is the Word of God. And when he says this in Joshua, it's forever. This is a, just over and over and over. We talked about this. We talked about who uh, uh, we talked about who Ab- Abram married, married married somebody extremely close to him genetically. And Isaac and Jacob. Now behold, Joshua says, I'm going the way of all the earth. Have you ever heard that phrase? I'm going the way of all the earth. He went the way of all the earth. Ever heard that? It's too bad if you haven't, because my grandmother used to say that all the time. My grandmother was born in 1890. It's just a saying. And she was not a religious woman. She was not a what you would call a <laughs> church lady at all. Stories I've heard, she was rather... Um, progressive back in the 1920s. Leave it at that. But still, she had a biblical foundation because she went to church because the society was filled with Christians. And when you say, you're, you, you know, he went the way of all the earth, it means he died. That's what it meant. It comes right out of here in Joshua. How come we don't have that phrase that we use today? I Once in a while, I use it with my kids, and they look at me like, what? Huh? Where'd that come from? No, it's the Holy Scriptures, man. Joshua 23, verse 14. Now behold, today I'm going the way of all the earth. Know your time. Know your time. Count your days. I tell my kids, go have fun, man. Go have fun in life, but always keep an eye on your judgment day. Always keep an eye on your judgment day. I'm not telling you don't have fun. Go do what you got to do as a young man. But realize everything you do and everything you say, you will be called to account someday. I, you know, I, 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 I've never asked my kids to be monks. But I said, keep an eye on your judgment day. And for those of us that are older, man, you need to know your day. You need to know when you're going to go. Now I realize sometimes it comes. Sometimes it comes. They're a rich man in the Gospels. Oh, I'm rich. I'm going to stir everything up. I'm going to just eat and drink and be merry and live my life. You know, I won the lottery and that's all good. The Almighty God says, tonight I require your life of you. And people go for many reasons, many reasons I, I don't understand. I can never understand. The, the, the good and the evil alike, the good and the evil alike are, are taken away in a moment that I can't explain. Some die of COVID, some die of the jab, some die in plane crashes. Uh, 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 Christian rock stars and non-Christian rock stars die in plane crashes. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Let us be aware of our mortality and realize we will give an account to Jesus Christ. Nobody else. Jesus Christ will be our judge. Not some God, the eternal spirit. you got all this religious nonsense up there. They're trying to make this, this thing that's unoffensive. You're going to answer to Jesus Christ. What's Jesus Christ like? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts, and Romans, and, and the Revelation, and, and Genesis, and Joshua. That's who Jesus Christ is. That's why he's called the Word of God. That's why he's called the Word of God. What's Jesus like? He's the Word of God. The Word of God. You want to know what Jesus Christ is like? The Word of God. The Holy Scriptures. That's what he's like. That's who he is. Well, we can't really know who God is. Yes, you can. Jesus Christ has a name written on. It's called the Word of God. You want to know what Jesus Christ is? It's the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Well, we can't know. Yes, you can know. Why do you think Jesus Christ came down and, and taught? <laughs> so we could know. He gave us His Word, so we could know. America's full of Bibles that nobody reads, including Christians. 
Are you trying to pose your view of religion on society? Yes, yes, I am. Will not apologize for that. Moses come down from the mountain and said, hey, all you people, this is it. This is the law. Are you going to take it or not? Did he try to impose his view on them? Yeah, he did. Now, could he force it on them? No, he can't force it on them. I can't force this on anybody either. But I'm telling you, this is, this is the way. And, and you talk about force. What do you think all these judges do that force people, in, their kids to go to LGBTQ classes? Don't talk to me about forcing your morality or religion on somebody else when you've got LGBTQ in sixth grade. Don't, don't even lecture me about that stuff. Abortion is a human right. No, it's not. Worshiping Moloch is not a human right. You will not have Moloch worship in a Christian nation. It will be abolished. There will be no other gods before Jesus Christ. Well, I, I don't want that. Me and my blood don't want Fine. But me and my blood do. And my heart is for the sons and daughters of Europe to return to the God of their ancestors, to return to Jesus Christ who believes in them, who died for them, who blessed their ancestors because they turned their hearts to Jesus Christ. Turn away from these Judeo-Christians who bastardize the Word of God, who bastardize the Gospel of Jesus Christ, who grovel before the synagogue of Satan. Turn away from them. And if you're a Christian you're in that, I recommend you Revelation 18.4. Jesus Christ knew that this would happen. Jesus Christ knew His church would become one with the great horror of Babylon. Knew this was going to happen. That's why He says in Revelation 18.4, Come out of her, lest you share in her plagues. He's saying that to His church. Why do you think Jesus Christ said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees? Because He knew the church was going to imbibe of the leaven of the Pharisees. What's that? It's their man-made traditions. He knew the church was going there. That's why He warned against it. All right, Joshua, now behold, I'm going the way of all the earth. And he tells them, not one word of all the good words which the Lord your God spoke has failed. Just as all the good things happen, so the Lord will bring upon you all the threats until he has destroyed you from the good land which the Lord your God has given you. When you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and you go and serve other gods and bow down to them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you and you will quickly perish from the good land which she has given you. All right, now, this goes all the way back. All the way back to the Exodus. All the way back. Many times the sons of Israel made Jesus Christ angry. And he told Moses, stand aside, Moses. I'm wroth. I'm going to destroy them. I'll make a new nation out of you. Here's Joshua. Long time later, he says, listen, are you going to serve God? And they say, yeah, we're going to serve God. He says, okay, but when you don't, he says, I will utterly destroy you off this land. Okay, it's been prophesied, it's been predicted, and of course that is exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. All right, finishing up here. Joshua gathers all Israel together. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, from ancient times your fathers lived beyond the river, namely Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the Jordan and led him through all the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau I gave Mount Seir to possess it. All right, so God is the author of the nations, and he even gives the pagan nations their own land. He gave Esau Mount Seir. Esau becomes Eden, Edom. Edom gets conquered by the Talmud people, uh, two or three hundred BC. You say, well, when was that? Two or three hundred BC? Thanks for asking. Force them to convert to Talmudism, which was not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Even the Talmud people will tell you that. King Herod is an Edomite, tried to murder Jesus Christ. Seed of the serpent. All right. But Jacob and his son went down to Egypt. And then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt by what I did in its midst. And you afterwards I brought out. All right, here's the deal. you got to know history, too. Over and over and over again in the Holy Scriptures, it talks about the history of Israel. Why? To plant guideposts in their minds on who they are, identity. So when you have a group of people, evil people, of the synagogue of Satan who try to destroy the Christian and white identity in Europe, it's in order to destroy them as a people, as a nation, as the sons and daughters of Christendom. When they tear down your Christian men and women, Christian men like Robert E. Lee, who never owned a slave because he's white, 
and Christian is to utterly wipe out the memory of the sons and daughters of Christendom. That's what it's all about. You have to have those markers. You have to have those guideposts. You have to understand your history. Our ancestors go back to Europe where we have flags that have the cross of Jesus Christ on them. All right. I'm a little long-winded this morning. It's been exactly an hour. So we're wrapping up. It's done. God bless everybody out there that's listening. Uh, I'll do an after show, uh, but this is it for now. Fritzbergerinbloodandfaith.com.